0: The book of Hebrews, chapter twelve. I'll be speaking from the verses three through eleven. Boy, it's coming down, ain't it? power goes out, I've got a, well, I need to get my phone, but I've got a light so I can just keep on preaching, all right? It may be dark, but I'm just going to give it to you. (laughs) Isn't it awesome to be a part of the family of God? Isn't it great to be able to come and be here with the saints and and love on each other and, and encourage one another. It's been a long day today, but it's been such a great day. I mean, I see Mark at the Richland. They're throwing the Frisbee. We're going to graduation parties and we're going to singings. And we're doing things together, which is what it's about. It's about being a part of the family of God. And I to me I just there's nothing better than that. And one day Jesus is going to come back and guess what? For us brothers and sisters, we get to go be with him forever and ever and ever. I can't not tell somebody about that. Can you I mean is it is 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 it, that, is it that exciting to you to want to tell somebody that? God loves us. He loves us so much, like James talked about, that He sent His Son to die for us so we could be with Him. That's, he didn't have to do that. Jesus didn't have to do that. But He wanted to. Tonight I want to talk about something that I've thought about it all week, I've studied it, I've read things, and I want to talk about God's discipline. I want to talk about how God disciplines His kids. I was uh, probably in the fourth grade and... I lived in California. I'll never forget the address. 3509 Cedar Canyon Road. <coughs> and we lived... The, the road uh, stopped and a cliff was right at the end of the road. And I'm talking about a cliff. Now, if you went over this cliff, you would probably die. And me and my buddies would ride down to the edge of the cliff and we'd look over and and there was a small little trail. And my street was here and there was two streets over and we could see the trail went all the way over there. And I thought, I'm going to walk that mountain one day. So, one Sunday morning, my dad, he's a preacher in the denomination and he, uh, we got done with, uh, Sunday worship and we came home and we were eating and we uh, had a little bit of free time and I told my dad, well, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to play a little bit. And I thought, I'm fixing to go climb go do that mountain trail today for whatever reason. And he had told me in previous times, do not go by the mountain. He specifically had told me that. And I said, okay, I won't. Don't worry about it. And went right down there, of course. So I went and talked to two of my buddies. Well, they was real busy. They was like, oh, you can't do it. Because it was time to do it. So, of course, I go and get my little sister, who's five years old. I said, hey, come with me. We're going to go do something real fun. She's like, all right, let's go. So we go two streets over. And we go down the mountain. I I don't know how we didn't fall off the cliff. I I still have no idea. I looked at it on Google Map, and it's like a mountain. (laughs) I don't know what I was doing. I'm scared of heights. (laughs) The world. So we go down, and we walk around the trail, and, you know, it's kind of scary. It's a little uh, narrow, and I'm telling her, walk behind me and hold my hand, and by the time we got over to where my street was, we got up. And it was kind of a sloped angle up to the uh, top of the mountain and, or the cliff. And I looked up, and here comes a white van speeding down the cul-de-sac. It was my dad. <laughs> Boy, my stomach. Started hurting. And he, very first thing he asked me, he said, Were we all right? And I could just tell the panic on his face. I said, Yes, sir, I'm all right. And he said, Get in the car. He got me and my sister in the car. Well, he had to preach that night. Of course, he didn't get to go to anything because it had been four or five hours. Just ridiculous amount of time for a kid, fourth, fifth grader, and a five-year-old to just be gone completely. I could only imagine what they were thinking. But uh, he told me to go into his room, and, and I sat there. It seemed like forever. It was probably 10, 15 minutes. But he told me, he said, I don't really remember the specifics of it, but one thing that I do remember he said was, son, you know I love you. That's why I'm going to have to do what I'm fixing to have to do. (laughs) I knew right then I was fixing to get busted. And I did. And it hurt. That's what I want to talk about tonight is, and, and the perfect thing about these scriptures as we're fixing to read is, it gives us a great parallel of our parents, you as a parent, and God as a parent. Let's read verse three for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father and the spirits and live of the spirits and live? For they indeed, for a few days, chastened us as seemed best to them. But He, for our profit, that we may be partakers of His holiness. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. I want us to remember as we look at these verses tonight that God loves us. He really, really loves us. And I want to look at three points uh, tonight. Just real quick, what is discipline? What is that in this context of what he's talking about? How does God discipline us? I have two examples of in the Bible from how he disciplines us. And what comes out of that discipline? <clears throat> what is discipline? Well, in verse 7 it says, If you endure chastening, the chastening or discipline means the whole training and education of children which relates to the cultivation of mind and morals. Second, whatever in adults also cultivates the soul, especially by correcting mistakes and curbing passions. And and another definition, the instruction with aims at increasing virtue. So we understand this. Discipline is something that is used to make us do the right thing. And I'm going to use Isaac a whole bunch in this lesson, so just sorry, bro. <laughs> you do this or this. And that's it. <clears> 1 <throat> Peter 1.16 says, Be holy, for I am holy. Which is a direct quote from Leviticus 11. God wants us to be what? Holy. He wants us to be perfect. Now, will we be able to do that? Absolutely not. But does He want us to be there? Yes. He very much does. He wants it to be our number one goal for anything is to obey His commands. I've said that before, but, and we know that. I have certain rules that I want to be done around my house. Isaac knows them. Uh, I give them to set the boundaries on what I want him to do and what I don't want him to do. What I want to do is set rules in place so he will not do the things that I know will be hurtful or harmful to him. I want to make sure that he's doing what... I know is right for him. Now that goes with I know things that have happened and maybe I can guide him to not do the things that he's supposed to be doing. But I want to look at an example and this is a very very good example of actually how God disciplines us. Turn to 1 Corinthians 11. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Remember, when when you're a parent, and I'm going to talk about this in just a little bit. When you're a parent, you don't discipline your kids so you can say, See how big and tough I am? You see that? You do what I say because I'm your daddy. No. You do it because you want them to be the best person that they can be. Right? You want them to do the things that are right. So, and sometimes, this is very interesting to me also. This is just very interesting to me. Sorry if I say it a bunch, okay? Very interesting. That probably should have been the title of the lesson. Very interesting, okay? God sometimes allows things to happen in our life that may not be too good. Sometimes God allows things to happen in our lives that are sad. But I want you to look at this example of what he's talking about in 1 Corinthians 11. He's talking to the Corinthians about how they're taking the Lord's Supper. Okay? And in verse 31, and then I'm going to kind of skip up and down on these verses. In verse 31 he says, For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, or disciplined by the Lord. That we may not be condemned with the world. Okay? So, what's happening is, the way that they're taking the Lord's Supper right now is not in a pleasing manner. Okay? Uh, look at, look, let me move up, uh, to verse 27, and we read this sometimes when we're taking the Lord's Supper, but, but, but check it out. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this blood of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. And I'm going to stop right there for just a second. They weren't doing it right. Think about yourself for just a minute, about the Lord's Supper, how you take it. You just take the bread and you just pass it on? You just take the cup and pass it on and I'm done, I'm good. Or do you do exactly what he's saying? Do you examine yourself? Do you take a moment right there when you take that bread and do you remember the Lord's body? Do you remember what He did on the cross for you? And do you remember how you've been either disrespectful to that or you've been good to that? Maybe you have done good that week. I guarantee you probably sinned because as soon as I start examining myself, I almost want to stop. Man, that's seven, eight, nine. I mean, but I'm still examining myself to know what I'm doing and how I'm doing it wrong. Listen to what he says right after this in verse 30. For this reason, because of the unworthy manner that they're doing this, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. What in the world? God's discipline. There it is. That's Bible. That's amazing. You know, I was searching and looking for examples of actual Bible, and there's a bunch. There is a bunch. But as I was reading and trying to study, people want to stay right on the surface. They don't want to dig into God's discipline. Sometimes God's discipline hurts. But guess what? Where does He want you to go when you hurt? Straight to Him. He wants you to go right to Him always. Think about Job. I don't have time to break down Job. I mean, we know the story. But He wanted Job to look to Him only first. Same here. He's telling them, when you disrespect the way you take the Lord's Supper... Which was my son that I sent for you, you may need some discipline, brothers and sisters. Now, I'm not saying God just says, okay, Jacob, you need to be real sick. But maybe you are sick because God's disciplined you. In every single situation that is happening in our lives, where should we go first with it? Lord, help me. Help me with this. Are you trying to show me something? Are you am am I not doing what I'm supposed to be doing? I mean, look at verse. Go back to Hebrews, and I want to look at verse nine and ten because I want to use this father, this father, us as a father, and God as a father. Sometimes. We get disciplined because we need to be disciplined. If my daddy didn't get me and take me into the room and discipline me the way he did, then I may have went and done I never went to that cliff again. I never rode my bike down there. I never thought about being near that cliff. My boys would say, nope. Nope. Let's go play basketball. He does it so we can be perfect. God wants us to be perfect. Just like Jesus. We won't ever get there, but that's how we should strive to be. Holy. Look at verse 9. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. But he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness." So remember, when you're going through a situation, or if Isaac does something that he's not supposed to do, I've got to discipline him. I've got to say, Son, why don't you take the trash out, boy? I told you and told you. It's it's just like we were learning in class today about Joash the king when the priest didn't, Do like they were supposed to do and fix the temple. He tells them this and then he comes and they don't do it. And he's like, what in the world are y'all not fixing the? I told y'all to do this and you're not doing it. Sometimes we have to be disciplined in order to get back on the right path. But it's the way that we take it and the way that we do it is the problem. Because sometimes we want to say, really, God, pile it on, boy. I'll tell you what. Over and over, you just keep giving it to me. I've been there. I've said that. I'm thinking, I'm trying to do right. Parents, I know that you love your kids. I could talk to any one of you, and you could tell me stories about your parents and kids could tell me about stories about their parents and how they disciplined us. We do it, and especially for Christians, we do it because we want to do it the right way. But God's way is perfect. 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us why. It tells us why He gave us His Word. You know? Let me look it up real quick. This is kind of off the cuff. See, I'm learning in preaching school to go off the cuff a little bit. I know it, but I want to say it just like James. I want to look it up and tell you it. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. It gives you everything you need to know on how to live right and do right. Right here. Not my opinion. I could, I could tell you some really good stuff to do. And some really cool stuff to do. But it may not be the right thing. Just like if your buddies are peer-pressing you to go against what your daddy told you to do. Oh no, come on down to the cliff. We won't get real close to it. We'll just kind of by it. No, I'm not going to the cliff because my daddy said not to. I'm not going to cheat on my wife because God said not to. I want to look at one more example. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Second Corinthians chapter twelve verse seven, and thinking about the parent, the parent being uh, the the parallel to this. Think about like your kid if they are uh, getting a little bit cocky or they're doing things that they're uh, not supposed to be doing, and and you know where they're headed. You know what path they're fixing to go on. So, what do you do? You try to prevent it. You ain't hanging with them boys no more. They're bad news. Oh, come on, Dad, come on. Nope. I already know what they're doing, and you ain't going to be a part of it. That's how you got to be, parents, because that's how God is. And look at this example. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. And we talked about this in Danny's class. But it's a perfect example of another way that God disciplines us. Look at verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation, a thorn in the flesh was given to me a messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that I might, it might depart from me. And He said to me, My grace is sufficient to you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul got it. Paul understood it. You see, sometimes, sometimes God allows situations in your life to keep you from doing something. Think about it. Paul had all kinds of revelations. He had all kinds of revelations from God. To be able to, like I talked about in Titus, about Titus last week, Paul had the same doctrine that the apostles got from Jesus. But Paul had it in Revelation. So because God knew where Paul would probably go with that, He knew He was going to exalt Himself. He gave Him a thorn in the flesh. He gave Him a situation that hindered Him. And just like I would say, you ain't hanging with them boys no more. I'm telling you right now, you're not hanging with them. And Isaac would say, come on, Dad, I'm I'm good. I'm not going to be bad. Three times, I'm going to tell him no. Because I want you to know that I love you and I care about you. And I want you to do the right thing. And Paul got it. He said, Therefore most gladly, in verse 9, Therefore most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses. For Christ's sake, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Huh? When you're weak, you're really strong. Because guess who's number one? God. We all have problems. We all have struggles. And a lot of times when we're down and out, where do we go? We either blame God or we go right to God, right? Hey, and God's good with that. He says, come on. That's where I want you to be. Because now I know that you're where you need to be. So when you look into my word for guidance, you can do it and be pleasing. As we change our lives and we have have our focus put on being pleasing to God, our Father, I love my daddy. I love him. I do. I hope Isaac loves me. I hope you love your daddy. I hope you love your mom. But God loves you so much more. Do you love Him that much? That's the question. Do you love God enough to do what He wants you to do all the time? Not forsake the assembly. Yeah, that's a popular one to talk about. But it's a commandment. He wants us to do it. He wants us to be a part of it. Not because He wants to be mean and hateful to us. Because He wants us to come and be able to worship Him. And be able to encourage. I'm so encouraged by seeing AC and Melissa here. (laughs) I'm so encouraged when I see James or Sammy or Scott or Mickey. That's encouraging to me. It makes me happy when I see my mother-in-law here. Because we're part of God's family. And we all want to do God's will. Is that what you want to do? What comes out of discipline? It makes you stronger. It makes you more faithful. It makes you be able to persevere through the toughest times. When you're down and out, God's right there. And He really is. That's not just saying it. He really is. Whether that be through a prayer to Him, to cast your anxiety on Him, or if that's me and Tommy texting each other. Whatever it is, it's all about Him and not about us. And that's what makes it more pleasing to and, and appealing to anybody else. Jesus was the ultimate one who everybody was like, what's up with dude, man? What's up with him? He talks with authority. He's I just want to go be by him. And he wants us to be that type of person. And you can be. You can be that type of person. God disciplines us ultimately, and I've said it, and I'm going to say it one more time, because He loves us so much. Do you love God enough to do what He wants you to do? Are you here tonight and you haven't obeyed the Gospel? Jesus sent His, I mean, God sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross so you could be with Him. Like I said in the beginning. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God did that? Do you believe that you don't want to live the way you've been living? Do you believe that you want to turn from your sins and act a different way? You want to repent of your sins and act a different way? If you do, my friend... There's a way that you can be right in God's sight. You can be baptized into Jesus Christ. And just like James said this morning, reenact what Jesus did. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. And when you come out of the water, Acts 2.38 says, your sins will be forgiven. And you get the gift of the Holy Spirit. A pledge that when Jesus Christ comes back, He's getting you. And God immediately adds you to His church. Because there's only one church. One. And it's the Lord's. So if you are here and you need to become a Christian, I want you to come. If you are here and you're a brother or a sister and you ain't doing right, come on. This is a family right here. This is a family that will love and, and, and talk to you and be around you and support you. If you need to come or you want to, come right now. Let's together we stand and sing.